G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we're going to be reviewing round 19, going through bogs and flogs, having another episode of the Best Boys and giving you our thoughts on all the players that need to be chopped out of your team. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Joined, as always, by coach of the Mighty Oxlongs, uh, Luke Rodison. How are you, mate? Yeah, we've got to, got to be honest with everyone. We're, it's a little bit flat at Ball Boys HQ oh, today, yeah. isn't We're it? counting down. <laughs> Five weeks to go, everyone. Uh, I think um, like I, I was uh, feeling good about my kind of march, you know, higher up the rankings. And yeah. then I know you've had a bit of a flat week because you, you're thinking that your hat chances are probably... <sighs> I think so. I think I, I've, I've come charging out of the buys. Like I think I was 1,100 or 1,200 before the buys. Come yeah. in, 360 after the buys. Moved up every round of the, the buy period and then just hit a wall and have not been yeah. able to sort of progress any higher. I think 339 was the highest I got. Um, Carnage, even though I dodged a little bit, still did yeah. move up and slid back another 100 spots this past week. So It's all such sliding yeah. door stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's- so uh, a bit bit flat for our own teams, but we, we, we're going to get up and give the people what yeah. they want and uh, give the people some... At least of our best advice, whether or not you take it is a question. But, uh, well, speaking of the people, do you want to take the opportunity to maybe talk about a few people that uh, are um, in our Boy yes. Boys Classic Championship that are actually doing pretty well? Well, shout out to mm. these boys here. So we've got, I think at the moment we've got, if I just have a look here, I'm just looking at the ladder. I think we've got 19 people inside the top 200. We also have uh, 10 people inside the top 100 with a few people very, very close, including Fleabaggers, who unfortunately dropped from the number one to number two, but we're still rooting for you, uh, Jonathan, over at Fleabaggers. Love at first, Lance, Bindi's Blues, the Dumpling Eaters, Sunday Rides with Took, the real Robin Nahas, <laughs> Delete Team, So Wrong, So Wrong, So Right, Three, uh, Hot Pies, and Will Ashcroft is my dad. All of them featuring inside the top 100 with uh, the lowest ranked of those 10, 63. So that's pretty impressive. So good stuff. representation so, for the ball boys. Up yeah, there. yeah. So thank you, firstly, for for joining our little league there. And um, if you are still listening late in the season, appreciate you um, tuning in as well. We're, we're gunning for you guys with our teams no longer sort of yeah, <laughs> in yeah. around the top uh, fighting for the hats or we're, anything we're like behind that. You. So we're behind you. We're, uh, we're doing this all for you guys. So yeah, keep it up and do the ball boys proud. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, outside of the, the hat and the rankings, I've turned my attention now over to the Content Creators Cup. Yes, yeah, you've got some very important business to do over over there. So I, given that you mentioned the Content Creators Cup, let's uh, quickly yeah, give that a bit of a shout out. Let me whack it on the screen there for us. On there. So um, anyone who's been tuning in knows that uh, Tim Guest Company, Infinite Wealth, there's created the Content Creators Cup. 
um, with the winning coach getting a little bit of coin to donate to charity there. And if you just check out the uh, link there on the screen, uh, infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL fantasy, you can find a uh, sort of free financial advice course, um, which is very generous of, of Guesty to do. Um, but talk to us about how you're positioned there and what's the go. Yep. So finish the regular season second to uh, Timmy's first. So this means that we've got our first round of finals. Yep. This, this week, and I'm going up against the Obermullets, uh, Nathan from Hat Chat. He's been tracking well recently, too. Yes, he's finished third, coming in yep. uh, strong with a wet sail. And um, so, because I finished top four, I get the double chance. You do, you do. So, I'm sort of using this weekend to sort of cull some dead weight and, and, <laughs> and get some good players Got in. Got that, Jack McRae. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Shout out to you uh, and the 60 whatever you gave me on the weekend. But um, hopefully, we can win this week and, yep. and get that week off so we can sort of make some moves to sort of prepare for that that other week. But knowing that I've got a bit of sort of um, safety in my back pocket if I do lose. So a uh, bit of a funny week. Not sure how to attack it. But I also am fighting tooth and nail to beat Guesty in the overall as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for bragging so, rights there. Yes, just too. for bragging rights so. and obviously the overall championship winner. <laughs> so those are my focuses and see how we go. Very nice. We'll try um, and salvage something from the season there. Should we get into one of our favourite segments? Let's do it. And the winner of the Norm Smith medal. You're an embarrassment to what you do, mate. You're an embarrassment. That's a good little sound clip from you, hey. I, that's that's underrated, that one. I, I quite <laughs> just, like it every yeah. time it comes on. <laughs> classic, classic Bevo. I mean, he's he's essential and sort of the, the whole essence of Bogs and Flogs is summarised by by Bevo, I reckon. So. Yeah, he could be both on any given week, Legit. can't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk Essendon and Bulldogs are Friday night matchup. Best on ground. Yeah, I got the Bogs this week. and I, There's no uh, no prizes for guessing this one, but uh, the Bont was our Bog. I, I had the VC on him until five minutes before the game and then I consulted the big boys that I don't own Doherty, so oh. er- Errol Gould it was. So <laughs> Sorry, the shade of the big boys. The, the big boys have stitched me, uh, oh, hopefully. He was top five. Yeah, he Cancels was. the stats. <laughs> he was, so and for those people who own Doherty, it wasn't an issue, but anyway, uh, Bontepelli, amazing footballer and an amazing fantasy scorer this year. Averaging 116 points so far this year. I think we paid about 100 for him at the start of the season, so just Still. outstanding. So, uh, yeah, one of the picks of the season. The flog for me, Jack fucking McRae. Uh, Jack head tilt McRae. Um, yeah, just not not good enough, mate. He just set my weekend off to a, just a shit start. He's been a terrible trade-in for me the last three weeks. I showed him in against Collingwood after going 109 against Frio and had 60% CBA. Since then, he's gone 0-0, and I think he's had like 23% uh, in his last game. 93, 71, 69. I've I've had it with him. I, I can't stand to watch that man just you know plot along very just it, slowly from contest to contest. And it's a tough watch too because we typically oh. watch sort of like the Friday night game yeah. together. And last week I was PO because Caleb Daniels stunk it up, and then this week you you were PO'd. So it uh, it wasn't a pleasant watching experience. But you know these are, these are the yes. Things. So he definitely is worthy of the flog this week. <laughs> Um, Richmond versus Hawthorne. Narrow win from the Tigs on this one. One yeah. point in the end. Uh, Very spicy finish. But um, Sicily, it, it was a little bit different in the way he went about getting his points this week. And we'll talk about that a little more later. Yep. But um, he definitely repaid the faith for those people who copped the stink of the previous week. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like a mid-120, something like that. 21, so. I want to say. Yeah, so yeah, he looked really good. Uh, intercept marks galore. So yep. the flog for this one, I've given it to Will Day, who... look. 
Not a horrible score considering what we thought he'd be at the start of the season, but an 80 at this point of the year is not going to get it done. Started off with a 10-point first quarter. And so from that point, it's just catch-up City from yeah. there. So he did okay in the last three quarters, in the last half in particular, uh, but just couldn't get it going at the beginning of the game. So 80 is not going to get it done. So Will Day, got a lift, mate. Got to lift. For sure. Now, over to the, the trouncing that was uh, Carlton and West Coast. Now, you kick 10 goals and you think, oh, probably you're a chance of getting the ball. But if you're not fantasy this relevant... fantasy, baby. <laughs> you're not fantasy fair. relevant, don't worry about it. But yeah. you know who is fantasy relevant? The doctor. The doctor. And you had the VC on him and he, he um, probably made an otherwise pretty gloomy week. You know, yeah, look, good if, for I, you. if I didn't have the doctor as my, as my yeah, VC there and I would have rolled into... Uh, Jordan Dawson, who didn't quite get the ton, I would have been even more upset and down this podcast. But <laughs> thankfully, the doc, he came in and uh, did the ball boys proud. He was a very unique pick for me. I think I was the only one who had him inside my top five for the captains and uh, was pretty happy with how he performed. Uh, and uh, yeah, probably a reason why he did so well is because of the flog here. I've just given it to injuries. Um, oh, yeah. Just the hamstring in particular for Sam Walsh. For the people that have been holding Sam Walsh, through his shit performances, we sort of said, okay, just hold another week. Yeah. He's got the West Coast <laughs> matchup. And he looked, he looked fucking good. A few tweets come out pretty early on saying, yeah. like, he's going well. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, oh no. just settle down, guys. So, someone I, I saw a tweet come out that literally then the first comment on the tweet was the person who tweeted and they were like, oh, he's now injured. Yeah. Within, within like <laughs> a seconds, second of me yeah. posting it. Literally, it horrible. He, he sent out the reverse rocket, hit it right on the hamstring. So... <laughs> Just horrible for those who have held him um, because your faith and patience was about to be rewarded, yeah, but that, then just struck down at half or before. I think it was 53 years halfway through the second quarter. So he was on for probably a 120 plus score. So yeah. that sucks. <laughs> um, so it looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks now as well. So he's probably done for the season in terms of fantasy relevance. Very rough. Now we head up to the Gabatoire where Brisbane uh, took on Geelong and uh, Tommy Stewart, who we talked about a little bit last week in, in terms of the fact that we're kind of not sure what we're going to get week to week from him. We got the scoring from him this week, but we got a weird role. So ounces, yeah. Again, it's Why like we'll, we'll probably talk about a bit later, but Tommy Stewart, I think, had you know more than 50% centre bounces, which is something we don't typically see. Um and yeah, like 53%. I said, I've got a little bit of a, a sort of theory on it. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about him a bit more later. Yeah, fourth highest in terms of uh, the midfielders for um, Geelong. So only behind Dangerfield, Atkins and Blitzarves. So yeah, really, really strange that yeah. one there. Um, the flog for this one, I've just given it to the sub rule because oh. um, you've got a bit of a story here in terms of your trades that changed as a result of uh, Kai Lohman being the sub and coming on for a grand total of five points. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for that, Kai. I don't have the worst the worst story in this case, but I was, a lot worse. I was trying to do some spicy looping stuff with uh, with Flanders, who I'd traded in at that point in time. Yes. Um, I, I was, it was pretty spicy. I was calling myself Bloody Lupe Fiasco yeah. there for, for a bit. <laughs> and uh, it, it all went to shit when I saw that Lohman was named the sub. Now, fortunately, I did see that Lohman was named the sub, yes. so I had time to then change my tra- trades. However... Uh, somebody did tweet me and say oh, that they this, didn't yeah. realise that Lohman was named sub. And not only did that, they tried to they, loop their they, captain score by putting the captain oh, on Lohman. So, no. they go, <laughs> so they got a grand total of 10 <laughs> points with their captain. So, They've missed the emergency that they're trying to get on. But I mean, I, I love that kind of thing because I throw out a tweet, you know, how depressed am I? And then somebody throws it back and says, you lost not that yeah. bad. Luke, <laughs> you've got you, a good mate. You, you could have done this. You so me. thank uh, you to that person for, for making me feel better. Uh, poor bugger. That's, that's that awful. sucks. 
but uh, yeah, it's look, it's a full time job. Fancy these days <laughs> with the rolling lockout, got to be on top of those loops. I think if you see a purple dot next to a name, just don't bother. Just just. Make sure you're not putting your captain on them unless you're <laughs> certain they're not the subs. That's the, the very least. Uh, we don't yeah, we sucks. don't like rolling lockout, do we? No, I I, no. I would much rather go to the the fixed lockout. And uh, yeah. look, whilst I have no life and I can take advantage <laughs> of it, and I live and breathe fantasy, then I can probably get a leg up on some more casual players. I don't want to. It'd probably change our mood over the weekend. Pro- I think our girlfriends would both be happy oh, if it was. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'd be off our phones, uh, I think, considerably a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's move on to the next one. Sydney versus Frio. Best on ground. You've got a player that I actually traded out this week. So Yeah, and look, he, he didn't, whilst he didn't set the world on fire, there, there weren't too many fantasy-relevant scorers that did in this oh. game. So I've given it to Callum Mills because um, week to week, we haven't sort of known what we're going to get with, with Millsy. And he got, I think he got a 98 in the end, which... 98. Um, his best score since his injury. Yeah, and for me personally, given I had to change that looping situation, I wasn't going to get to have, yes. a, to have a look at him, so yep. I was kind of relying on him to do something respectable, and little, I think he did. little selfish little uh, best on ground It there. is. It, well, mate, like you've, Two goals, you've said on yeah. multiple times, we, we run the show. So. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to give the flog award here to Errol Goulden, who... Again, just let down the ball boys, big boys. Um, <laughs> all these are selfish. Yeah, all these are selfish. But I want to give a shout out to Carl Holmes, uh, Holmesy, who's uh, he's been battling away. He's still stuck oh. on the Errol Goldenless Island over there. Um, you know, we always have a good chuckle him and I when there comes a Sydney game, and he's at any point ready to just cop a fifty-point quarter from Errol, and yeah. it finally didn't come. So he's finally gone <laughs> sub one hundred in the last sort of six rounds. It hasn't happened. So. Hopefully, he was able to move up as a result of that. But, yeah, for us who maybe had the VC on him, like yourself, and uh, representing the big boys, not good enough, Errol. Not good enough. Now, game of the round, potentially game of the year. This one yes. this one was a great watch. Port Collingwood, um, you know, for, for reasons other than fantasy, of course, for people that watch that game. But um, this fellow, again, while he didn't have his best game of the year, I think that um, Bales was telling us last night on, on Fantasy Fanatics that this is a run of, like, nine consecutive hundreds for Connor Rosie. So I think he's been a guy that's um, just been ticking away in the background. Nobody's yeah. sort of been talking about him. We know he's going to be sort of a top six forward and, and he's kind of been you know, repaying us for the last nine rounds. Yeah, so. absolutely. Averaging nearly 105 points and just doing it done. Like, yeah, exactly nine Sneaky times good. in a row. So, yeah, probably underappreciated across across the fantasy community since yeah. we all probably have him. Um, I'm going to give the Flog Award to Tom Mitchell, who... Look, he was managed last week when you were about it. Probably not his fault. But this yep. game, he got subbed out. I don't... From my understanding, it wasn't because he was hurt or anything like that. He was just not getting the job done. And Collingwood actually just subbed him out. Am I am I right in saying yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. I can't recall who they subbed on for him. But I do recall it being at sort of like a pivotal a, kind of turning point in the game. Sub, yeah. where Where Collingwood then um, sort of bridged the gap a little bit. Uh, yeah, I can't recall who they subbed on. Um, um, I think it was Oleg Markov. Okay, so like, a, so what they're looking for is a little bit of extra run. Speed, but, but yeah. It's interesting. I, I guess, um, yeah, Collingwood's in that luxurious position where they... A few weeks ago, um, yeah. Tom Mitchell was in discussions with trading him in as potentially yeah. pushing that top eight midfield. Um, Just goes so, to show uh, coaches aren't always looking at fantasy scores. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, if, if you <laughs> cop that one last week, maybe you would have held him with all the other carnage and then put him back onto your field with confidence this week and he's gone and just... That'd be tough. Yeah. Crapped all over your scores this week. So, Tom Mitchell, not good enough, mate. GWS versus Gold Coast. Few different things from this game. Well, speaking of being crapped on, uh, this game saw the highest scorer, I think, Harry Himmelberg, which is the fellow that I traded out. Now, at, of course. The, at the point where I'd traded him out, 
I didn't know what Sheezel was going to score, who was yep. my eventual trade-in. Yes. So I was... You gained four points. Well, look, I was, yeah, very, I guess, nervous about what might happen. Yeah. Um, but Bog in this game is a, a fellow who has been getting it done in the VFL for many moons and now yeah. finally gets his shot at the AFL level. And we'll talk about him in great detail later on. Yes. But uh, Ned Flanders. Flanders! <laughs> uh, yeah, just getting it done. 120, back it up with a 110 this week, 31 touches. And... I I think, if I'm not mistaken, was the number one centre bounce attendee for the Gold Coast Suns in terms of CBA. So, yeah, huge best on ground for fantasy purposes for this game. I'm going to give the flog to the new coach. I, 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 with the powers of floggery and bogs and flogs, I got Stewie Jew fired. I don't know if you (laughs) you remember this, but (laughs) it was it the week before. (laughs) It was the week before I gave the flog. I'm sure the Gold Coast board listened. So I'm going to give the I'm going to give the flog award to Stephen King here, who just. We thought he'd come in and just put his best players in the midfield, but he's still fucking around with these CBAs. Flanders, high CBAs. Well, there you go. He's put his best player in the midfield. Well, there you go, maybe. But <laughs> David Swallow's still in there. Um, only one fewer than um, Tuk Miller. Um, you know, Bailey Humphrey's still getting a couple in there. Tuk Miller's well down. So just um, so what you just can... some funny things going on there, and I just it's obviously not working for them. Lost by forty points on the weekend. So. Well, I mean that's like you can sit back on at least it. You know, took to get CBAs, but they lost. So fingers know. crossed. He, he had a good first half, but died a lot in the second half. And I think a lot of his points, Tuk, I'm talking about specifically here, um, was a lot of waxing and stuff. I think at the end of a couple of quarters there. So yeah, yeah, that nervous, was... nervous weight in terms of him moving forward after. Going up in CBAs the week before, came back down this week. So you thought the trajectory was moving up, but it's actually taken a backward step, which is not ideal. A tough watch. Uh, Melbourne and Adelaide at the G. Adelaide seem to bring it when they play at the G, but um, best on ground is a fellow that I want to discuss in a little bit of detail later on as well, is yep. uh, Maxi Gorm, because he's a, he's a fellow that if he he's, stays in that role, you, you almost want to get to him, but it's, it's a matter of... Uh, how and also why. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Sort of a bit of preamble there. And the flog? The flog. I've got Ben Keys here. Just, um, yeah, just not getting it done here. Saved his score with yeah. two goals. Um, I think he had two goals actually in that last quarter. So had a 40-point quarter and only just managed to get to 80. So he was tracking for like a sub-60 score before those final couple of goals there. So playing in that forward role, just not good enough, man. Um, yeah, just floggish behavior there from Keezy. Now, last game of the round, I think we, we saved the best potential fantasy game uh, for last because I think the top six scorers in this game were all very much fantasy-relevant players. This was a fantasy coach's wet dream. Um, yep. We had Steele, Marshall, we had Sheasel. Windhager, Sinclair, LDU. So, Crouch was up there, nearly got the ton as well. Yeah, so um, just I've just said Bog is... High scoring, fantasy relevant players. <laughs> fantasy is the winner here in this game. So, yeah, obviously lots of uh, good scores there. I've given the flog award to the St. Kilda scheduling, specifically for Marcus Windhager. Back-to-back tons here, but we can't fucking loop him because they're playing the last game in every round. And I think, again, this round, they play on the on Sunday, Sunday as well. But and you it's get, very hard to loop that score. With you any get other, your guaranteed captain loop, but if you need it. With, oh, with the with Romar with Heath. and Heath. Yeah, so yeah. It's I mean, hard to complain I about guess, that. <laughs> but like when you're bloody outscoring Jack McRae by 50 plus points every week, um, I want to be able to see that. <laughs> I want to be able to see that and then put him on the bench first. But I'm still nervous about going into him. But yes, he um, looked good effort, but useless for us that have 
premiums on our ground. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Salty, salty. Very salty. All right, shall we move on to a bit of news for the week? Let's do it. Alrighty, some noteworthy news from the weekend here. You've gone ahead and done a lot of this, so I'll throw it to you. Bailey Smith. You yeah, I just sort of drop, dot pointed some news in kind of order that the games were played. Absolutely, it, yep. This is more of a question mark than anything else, but what did you think of Bailey Smith? Vindication! <laughs> um, that's what I reckon here. Sorry, I didn't even realise um, I was throwing you the alley-oop there. But yeah, 114 just looks like the Belly Smith that we know. He didn't have a heap of CBAs, correct me if I'm wrong, no, but he just seemed... He just ran hard. Well, yeah, it seemed to be like, you it know... It was the total opposite or antithesis, is that the right word? Oh my God. Total antithesis of Jack McRae, who actually... You know, he was oh, fuck yeah. running fast, <laughs> pedaling the legs over and actually looked hungry for the ball he and did. tackles. So. Yeah, maybe Bevo's little emotional um, yeah, little shout out during the week yeah. Yeah, got to him. So, I, I, I don't know whether... I don't think he's an option. I don't though. think you go for him, but it's just another one. Just It's enough for me to stay interested for next year. Oh, he's just like... I'm already looking at fishing. next year. <laughs> so, but yeah, just makes me feel like I wasn't completely wrong. When How much of a break will you have when the season finishes? Like, will you completely switch off? Or? Oh, I won't. I won't touch it until I don't know the trade period. I guess. Oh, you say like a week after yeah. the season. <laughs> no, <laughs> Spreadsheets um, out. Yeah, no. I've already seen it start into to fantasy basketball. I'm, I'm in. I'm in that mode now. Getting <laughs> well, you, into the dynasty you know the, side of things. You, you know, so. you get the best advice from Mitch. He doesn't even nah, care. About no, no. I'm right into it. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I've still got lots to play for. But yes, I think I think he's someone just to tuck away in your little black book for next year. And we know he can do it. Now we were chatting with um, Guesty and Bales last night, and we were obviously talking about Sicily had this big yep. game. But I thought you brought up a reasonably valid point. What, what were you talking about in terms of Sicily last yeah, night? Yeah. So um, look, obviously Sicily. He's had a great score. He's a great player. He had an excellent game. But I just wanted to highlight the way that he had 13 marks in this game. Um, Of those 13 marks, um, he actually had 13... Oh, sorry. No, that's contested possessions. In terms of contested marks, six of them were contested. Seven of them were uncontested. I think some of those uncontested were actually intercept marks as well where Richmond just kicked it straight to him. So a lot of his um, plus six scoring there was not what you'd typically, you know, be able to project moving forward in terms of those chip mark ball around the ground. Um, So his 120 could have very easily be a 90 to 100 score um, based on the fact that he was the second tall with no blank there. Yeah, I think it's a good point, and, and not to sound like a salty Richmond fan or anything, but there could have even been a few of those marks. That, there was that, a, definitely at least two. Well, there could have been like free kicks against you. You're talking yes. about a plus six turns into a negative three. Yeah, there's nine, nine point, point swing. swing. So, I think there was two of those that, that definitely could have that's, swung around. That's not to say that we're sort of negative on Sicily, because with this matchup this week, it, there's a, great matchup. a very real chance that he goes 150. And, and I think that does change if like another tall defender comes back into that side. For so, sure. So we'll, um, be, we'll be watching keenly, won't we? Yes, definitely. But potentially maybe a little bit of a... More lucky score than we would have expected being in that role. So, um, Doherty's CBAs, he obviously benefited yeah. with a few injuries over at Carlton. With with um, now um, Walsh being out, do you think he's going to continue doing this role? Like, say, even if Cripps, I don't know what Chera's doing um, at I, the moment I, as well. My understanding is I think both Cripps and Chera will come back come this back. week. I so think that's my thoughts as well. But This week was probably more through necessity than anything else. But like you said, with... With Walsh out, um, you know, if I'm looking at that list, I wouldn't mind the doctor running around. So, Chera is a test and I don't even think that 
big man is even on there, um, Cripps that is. So I'd imagine he's back in and was just getting managed this week. So so I don't think he's I don't think uh, Doc CBAs will be um, as they were Not, this week. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll get a few, but I mean we're asking ourselves a, probably a question that's a mute point, isn't it? Because yeah. he, we know he's going to be a top six scoring defender. In, yeah, in, I, I, in I do just role. think it does help his ceiling a little bit. Like being on that wing, I think hurt him a little bit in terms of his yep. ceiling and up against Collingwood. I think there is a big difference for for wingers and inside mids against Collingwood in terms of how they score. So. Um, in terms of priorities of getting in, it might change your mind. But yes, I do think that he'll get a little bit of CBAs with Walsh out, but he'll sort of rotate a few between a few different positions. Obviously, we've mentioned a couple of times the Walsh string. I don't think he's going to be relevant for us for the rest of the year. And Must then, trade. Um, some very unfortunate news from the weekend was that Ashcroft is ACL. Yeah, um, poor guy. You don't want to see that for anyone, but especially a young fella who's set in the world a lot in his first year. That's, that's and, pretty sad. And it always, I know this is, I don't know if this is the, Right thing to say, but it always it sucks even more like having it at this point of the season because he effectively is out for their finals campaign. Yeah. He's effectively out for most of the season next year. If he's going to come back in, it'll be right at the end of the season. Might have a tough time sort of running into their finals next year for Brisbane. So for Brisbane as a team and their fans, like in terms of timing, it's it's pretty poor timing in terms of yeah. I know it's no good time to have an ACL, but yeah. if you have it like the preseason, at least you sort of just miss one and then you come back to the next. This is, you know, effectively sort of putting him out for two seasons it is. almost. Yeah, it's disappointing uh, all around for sure. So, yeah, for unfortunate. Sure. Now, a fellow that hasn't been uh, in any way disappointing this year is uh, Errol Goulden, but noticed on the weekend that he actually had a significant amount of centre bounce attendances. Second highest and of the team. Ironically, it kind of coincided with what we saw as um, yeah. not necessarily uh, like Good a propensity scoring. for scoring, was it? It was, yeah. Um, he normally gets those little plus sixes, like a short um, sort of 45 kick, uh, and he just wasn't sort of getting it done on the weekend, which, which sucked yeah, a little bit. The interesting game here, the disposals were down across the board for most players. There were only two players in the uh, two guys in this whole game that were 30 plus and that was Sarong and Luke Parker. Yeah. Errol is usually very consistent at getting those 30 touches. Um, he also only had two tackles and being playing inside, I would have expected that to be higher yeah. because he gets tackles on the wing anyway. Um, so I think this maybe is just a bit of an anomaly um, and I expect him to. I think there's back. an element of that. When you've got the VC on a guy, you obviously watch them really closely and I think it, it, every time they get close but not quite, you, you notice yeah. that and there were heaps of times where maybe the ball just spilled out the other side of the stoppage or maybe um, you know he was the the guy in a perfect position for the tackle and it just squirted out or whatever the case is. Um, so a bit of that. Flip side of this, the reason he was in there and some quotes from the coach after the game was Mills playing more on a wing and the, the comments were that he was a bit banged up during the week. So they've tried to manage him through the game on a wing spot. So that makes this coming week really sort of dicey there. Like Mills already is not scoring as well as we we were hoping that he would, yep. and then we hear that he's being somewhat managed throughout yep. the games. Like, where does that leave us? On so this? I traded him out last week. I think despite him scoring his best game since coming back, I still think he is someone that is probably more towards the top of your priorities in terms of trading out, um, just because of the role question marks, the body question marks. We haven't seen the scoring. I think he's a step away from those top eight mids. He's clogging up one of those spots. So I still think he's a, a pretty clear trade out if you can. Yeah, I definitely agree. Butters um, didn't show any signs of uh, groin stiffness in this game. So, <laughs> not, not uh, in the first half, anyway. Looks pretty good. I think they did come out and cons- um, say that it was a hip injury, yeah. um, not a groin injury. So, Yeah, we kind of like perpetuated that. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed that it's all good. So, um, 
if you didn't trade him out. I know some people did trade him out. Some uh, saw, good coaches. Yeah, yeah. Gorges and, and Lemons, I think, was yes. one of the guys. And, that, and uh, we're talking about people in a, a very luxurious sort of position. So it's guys, kind of... So. Um, you get, to, you get to that point and, and I guess... Oh, you jump at those shadows. Well, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, in that 100%. particular case, you don't have anything else to address. So you kind of think, okay, well, if I can get Butters to, it might have been a Dunkley or whoever it was, then you kind of do that. And I mean, you still would have gained points from that move. But yep. uh, yeah, interesting one. Uh, Isaac Rankin did his hamstring. Apparently, yeah. it's a pretty bad one as yeah, well. Yeah, we didn't, didn't see it, but uh, I did hear that as well. And less so from you know Rankin's... Um, like sort fantasy of fantasy perspective, but yeah. more to do with, okay, well, what does that Flow mean on. at Adelaide? You've got guys like Keys, you've got potentially Laird hoping to come back in in the next few weeks. Um, you know, what What does that mean for that kind of structure? Does that mean that Keys plays more forward? Um, you know, who comes in? So that'll yeah. be interesting to see how that plays yeah. out. Yeah, so Rankin, he's been a guy that sometimes gets CBAs, but has probably primarily been a forward player. So they're probably going to have to sort of put more people in the forward line to fill his spot there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so for a player like Keys, that's probably not the best sign. And then the last thing here, I missed this. Do you want to... Yeah. I, yeah, so this, you popped this on the run sheet and this is news to me. Yeah, uh, well, this has been, um, you know, pretty uh, sort of pretty significant news. But post-match um, St Kilda North Melbourne, um, Ross the boss actually came out and said that Marshall was, was very, very close to not playing. And I think the quote was that he played very well under duress. So um, he's, what, was his, what was his... I don't, why was he not at, I don't know if they are 100% named an injury, but they said it was some sort of like a tightness or so mm. I'm guessing like obviously muscular. But this I think is a really, really interesting talking point for this week because there's two sort of scenarios that I see playing out here. Either he gets rested, which is, yep. which is um, sort of terrible for everyone, or something that might be equally as terrible is that uh, big boy Campbell comes in and plays some minutes or um, I think Jack Hayes might still be waiting in the wings. But the the thing that I really want to discuss out of this is St. Kilda play Sunday first game. Yep. But then Max Gorn plays after them. Yes. If, obviously, if Marshall is like a laid out, that could fuck some people if people have already locked away their trades. Yep. Um, even if Tom Campbell plays and you've got, and you could go to Gorn in the next game, Mm. What are we sort of thinking there? Because Sicily obviously plays same game as Marshall. So if you haven't got Sicily, you could wait, 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 and True. then you could pick up Sicily as your late pickup if Marshall is named. Yeah. But if Marshall isn't named, you could just go Marshall to Gorn because he plays after. The only thing is, is you would have to be trading out someone in one of those last three games but to you make use, it work. Couldn't you use your edit trade potentially? Well, not if you're like. Trading in Sicily and then wanting to trade out. Yeah, okay. Marshall. It would only work if you're like changing your trade in from Sicily to Gorn some way through DPP. Yeah. Which might be difficult in itself. Um, but you'd be still stuck with the person getting trading out. So say you're trading out maybe a Will Day yeah. instead. Um, or if you're trading out, I'm trying to look at these other teams here. There's probably not anyone else you're looking to trade out. Maybe a Brad Crouch if you're luxury. Or a, a Nazai Wangani Miller. Um, if one of those are going to be your trade outs, that may, might be a situation where you might. You wouldn't really feel like wanting to trade out Will Day either with that matchup. But um, I just thought really interesting sort of point because I, I don't think the Ross. Timing Lyon, is interesting there. And I don't think Ross Lyons necessarily the coach that's going to come out and get on the front foot with this during the week. Yeah. Like it, it could be one of those. I mean, they need kind of to win though. They're, they're right in the thick of like that shuffle of, of people sort yeah. of trying to make the finals. So um, Hawthorne, maybe they see that as an easy matchup and an opportunity to rest their 
their number one ruckman, um, no, potentially. So Something to put out there and something to think about, I think. Maybe he's one, two. If you monitor the news, maybe look to see if you can hold a trade because you do have that good option to go to a Max Gorn, who probably will outscore Marshall anyway, I think, that round. Um, coming up against Soldo versus a Hawthorne matchup for Rucks is actually quite tough against Reeves. On um, that sort of ruck note as well, I had a bit of a squiz today and Brody Grundy didn't perform overly well in the in the Scoobies. I think he had that Shocker. mid-70s. He kicked one goal three, so he's kind of... Okay. Sort of thereabouts. Four goals looks a lot different to uh, to if one goal three. Straight. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. But, uh, we'll I see how he goes. Don't think he'll be getting a recall this I week. I don't think so. Let's move on to this next segment here. You've gone prematurely. I mean, I was slow on the graphics. Sorry, Sorry mate. I was, uh, <laughs> I was keen to get to these guys because these top two guys... <laughs> Are out of my team. Um, I think the number one trade priority, if he's in your side, is Ben Keys. I think we were very fortunate for him to get an 80 this weekend. Uh, I think the writing's on the wall in terms of his role moving forward. Plus, we've got some good options to go to, like a Dunkley. You could go down to a um, couple of the cheaper guys in a Jackson or a um, Flanders. Flanders. So I think that he is probably the number one priority if you have him in your team. Um, we've seen him score poorly in that general forward role in the past. Um, so with Rankin out, they're going to need more avenues to goal. So I think he's someone that is definitely a bit of a risk moving forward. So I think he is number one. <laughs> you pump faked us on the... Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it did turn my wife back on. Okay. That'll come back up. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll get you when you least expect it. Yeah. Um, so he's number one. At number two, I have Jack McRae here. Maybe, look, am I getting emotional by putting him here at number two, do you think that he should go before these other guys you, that I've got? You'd be very, him? very passionate about getting rid of him. You know Mitch is, is passionate when he tweets multiple times during a game, and I'm pretty sure you sent out multiple tweets. It was at tweets. least three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> Mitch is in his feelings when he's got the face like, Craig. <laughs> I'm trying to send rockets, reverse rockets, everything. I'm trying to throw you, anything. you got to get... Ball. I reckon the only authentic, rocket, authentic rockets come from, from Big Roy. Again, if, if you want something sent... I don't think Roy's got McRae, and we all know that... He, he's not he, rocketed he, for he, someone else. And <laughs> no, fair enough, man. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. If you got that secret power, I'm holding it to myself for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, Jack McRae, like how high a priority of a trade-out do you think he is if you've got him as your, yeah, your five I, or F6? I think you put him in a good spot on this list. I mean, like to give context, you know, Will Day, Callum Mills are just below him. I think McRae is a high priority. And then Will Day's got the St Kilda matchup this week. Callum Mills has just given us the best part of 100. Um, yeah. I think... Even though there was a patch there where McRae was getting it done, um, if he keeps producing what he did on the weekend and you've got a guy like Dunkley who you can look to trade in, that's 40 yeah, points of difference that's, that's a every huge week. Swing. So, so, yeah, I am pretty keen to get on McRae. I'm annoyed that I traded him in over a Cogs uh, three weeks ago, but swallow the pride and get him out of there because he's doing more harm than good. Although I think I, I, I know it's not, I know I'm not Kung Fu Casey and this is not my segment, but I think I would flip Will Day and Callum Mills on this list. Just, okay. just for the matchup, that's all. Will Day versus St Kilda. Yeah, and I think um, Sydney have got um, who have Sydney got? Have they got Essendon? I think at the Sydney at, do have Essendon. Yes. Yeah, so uh, under the roof. And so, I just I looked at that matchup and I saw what Essendon Essendon did on the weekend. We were watching it. It was just some of the waxing that was going on was yeah, res- true. Actually, was very restrictive. Um, obviously not for not for Pontebelli. Um, but, but in terms just, of the rest of the, the yeah, the, the fact the other team yeah. didn't have the ball very often because Essendon were waxing. Just for me, I sort of thought I'd chase. So that's that why McRae scored 
60. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> it could well be. Uh, um, didn't help for sure. But I, don't know yeah. if the, I don't know if the data backs that up, but that was just my initial look. Yeah, let me have a look at see what the data says. Um, would it change? Obviously, Jack, sorry, Will Day is, has more money on his head. Um, so say you can get a Will Day to a Sicily, but you can only get a Callum Mills to like a Tuke Miller. Like, would that change your mind? Uh, yeah, potentially. That's a, that's a bit of a um, sticky situation, isn't it? Um, it? It doesn't feel great to trade away a guy seemingly coming up to a, a potentially good matchup. Um, but you're right in saying Will, Will Day hasn't been getting it done for um, for us, really. Yeah. For the last sort of... So, he's, I mean, and he is predominantly playing an inside mid-roll. He does, like, on the Richmond game, when the game was sort of tight, he went to that spare man of defence. And yeah. he has done that from time to time. Sometimes it's worked well in terms of his scoring. Sometimes it's not. Um, against Saints, you would think it would. Um, so, for the Saints, for inside mids, they're... At, People average three points more than their um, you know, average going up against them. Um, so it's a mildly positive matchup, but for the defenders, it is, you know, on average, they're going 12 and a half points better. So uh, obviously a big positive for the defenders there. Um, so yeah, I, I would make the tiebreaker who you can get to. And if you can get a Sicily in instead of a Will Day, I would be ticking that off. I think that's a fair call. Day of the week. Um, so Callum Mills is the guy who I had next, not falling in love with his 98. And then these next kind of guys are, I think, a little bit more luxury, but we need to start considering. Noah Anderson, um, a guy that you and I both traded in a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, just safety score, again, had a big, I think, last quarter or last half there. A really, a really tough watch, especially considering that Flanders is essentially doing what we have known Anderson, Anderson to, to do, do in the past, yeah. which is getting out for those little um, short 45 kicks, you know, pushing out to space from the contest, a uh, little bit of tackling in there. So it is really, really tough to watch um, when you know that a guy has that ceiling that he does and plays that role and then and then um, sort of Flanders is coming in. and See, He has six marks in the game. Five of them were in the last quarter and scored 42 points. Transfer it to me. Oh, no, it didn't now I'm pump faking. Damn it. <laughs> oh, just the worst. Uh, but <laughs> Noah this? Anderson. There's so much cat hair in here. Yeah, right? I don't know what's going on, mate. In here. Um, so, yeah, Noah Anderson, I think he can definitely go. Just there's too many things going on in that Gold Coast midfield, and we just haven't seen that consistent ceiling for him to match it with those other guys. So, I think he can go. Darcy Cameron. Um, Who do Colin play this week? They have a decent matchup, I want to say. Collingwood play. Oh, first game of the round. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, Carlton. so Carlton, who I think, in terms of their ruck without, stocks... Without pitting it, I think. Um, ...is a pretty good matchup. Let me actually just double-check that on the AFL. You'd be... DFS Australia. Rucks against Carlton. Actually, correct myself, as mm-hmm. I corrected Bailey uh, last, last night. Um, <laughs> so I can keep myself accountable here. Uh, they're... An average matchup, so okay. basically last the five, same. last five point four less than your okay. average, forty percent hitting the average. Okay, so I think uh, like Darcy Cameron's a luxurious kind of trade out, but also um, you you first game of the round, so first game of the round locks yourself lock, into you're that, that position. Away. So, so something um, to consider there as well. Yeah, 
Now, you round out the list or the, the chopping block, should I say, with Crouch and uh, Took. Crouch just sort of feels like he's in that same boat as Anderson. The last three yeah. weeks have been sub-100, and it's just not exactly what we were hoping. Um, Has the Hawthorne matchup, though, this week, so he's down a bit further because of matchup. Probably reason to hold, um, and then who to go? Gold Coast. Hold. It's a Q clash, so. Gold Coast have got... Uh, Brisbane. Maybe it's just the stubbornness of the fact that I just traded in Tuke Miller yeah. versus No Anderson. I've traded him in a little while ago. Um, that has me putting Tuke further down and just sort of crossing my fingers that something's going to level out as we as we go. But I think are we, we're probably talking people who are looking to trade sort of Tuke and Crouch. We're, we're probably talking about guys who are like up in that top. 100 top two like those yeah, are the I teams think most that I think teams would be... we're looking to trade the forwards and get those guaranteed top yeah. guys Dunkley's Sicilies this week yeah and we even I mean we even had a look at the the first placed team overall and noted that um, that's probably the move that we think that that, that team yeah. would be going to this week is they've yeah. still got that one sort of vacant spot on field that's filled by um, Himmelberg um, yeah Himmelberg uh, and uh, Windhager on the bench as well so I'm assuming that that person's probably going to move to get Dunkley yeah. um, this week have a week. look at what Fleabag has got going on here. Our good friend Fleabaggers. So, uh, he, yeah, he's got a Himmelberg and a Will Day sort of as his sort of, I'll say, worst players on the ground. So I probably would be still upgrading a Will Day before a Noah Anderson, would you say? I'd have to... I'd, a Himmelberg before? I, I the only thing that could sway me is, list. is that matchup and the potential of Will Day doing some waxing. But... Um, yeah, is who? So it depends who they're missing as well. It depends, you know, if you're missing. Yeah, so Sicily they're missing. Or, they're missing like a, a, a Josh Dunkley in, the, yeah. in this list. I don't think many people would have jumped on last week. So if you can get a Himmelberg to a Josh Dunkley, or even a Will Day to Josh Dunkley, if he's in your midfield, yeah. and store Dunkley there in your mids, I think you've even got more confidence than like a Will uh, a Dunkley than some of those other mids as well. Uh, yeah. Moving forward, so we shouldn't be looking at these top 100 teams. We just end up hating ourselves. I so. <laughs> just, you know, I'm rooting for my boy Fleabaggers. I, <laughs> I want him to get a car. Uh, all right, so yeah, I, take I did, me for a ride in your look, highlights. Looking at his team, I, I did also just um, have a look, and I forgot to put in Harry Himmelberg in this team. I know he's coming off a 112. Uh, okay, yeah, but. Do we still think that he's a guy that we can trade? He does have the dogs this week. We saw what Essendon did against the Bulldogs last week. Yeah, the one. Where would you fit him in this kind of rankings here? I think what Essendon did against the Bulldogs is more to do with what Essendon are choosing to do rather than necessarily what the Bulldogs give up. And to me, if you look at Himmelberg's scores, the this week, this week just gone was the anomaly. Um, yeah. So unless you're super confident that that's the new Himmelberg and he's going to run with that, um, then I think that you're probably trading him sort of um, in with like Callum Mills, maybe maybe a bit ahead of Callum Mills potentially. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll just slot him in here. Maybe I, I'm thinking trading Mills ahead of a Himmelberg okay. just because of the positional flexibility and, and sort of hopefully he's like in your D6 or F6 and that spot's a little bit up for grabs, whereas Mills is you know having that mid spot, but I could see the argument either way. Um, I'd probably be trading a Will Day ahead of him um, just due to sort of the cost that you could probably get him to and I think they both have positive matchups. So, But um, yeah, I think those guys can all go. Beautiful. On to, uh, on oh, to yes. our next segment, should we? Take two of this segment. You're Simply the best. I'm glad uh, we're going round two because I worked really hard on that graphic. Yeah, we're going to display this lovely graphic here. So our our version of, I guess, the best 22 players yep. moving forward with a couple of little um, honourable mentions. Now, we'll keep it a bit short. I think last time we 
did the whole episode on this. On <laughs> the this best boys will try to be brief. So, something I do want to say before we um, we talk about, I guess this is kind of our trade-in targets and who we think is yeah. going to be the best in each line. Something that um, Guesty said on the Fantasy Fanatics uh, Twitter spaces last night that really sort of stuck with me, and, and I think he's bang on the money, is that our forwards and defenders, we're pretty confident in the top six players in each of those lines. And so... Yeah. I don't really feel that there's a need to get super fancy or spicy on those lines. The midfield can be where potentially you have a little bit of differentiation between teams yep. and um, maybe the ability to, to gain some points week to week. Um, how do you, how do you sort of feel about that? I, I do I do agree, and with my newfound knowledge of not searching for pods, <laughs> I, think, I think we just continue to chip away trying to get the best team on the park as possible. Yep. Um, and once we have locked away all of those kind of sure things, yep. then we start to look at those points of difference. And, um, you know, I think that maybe the last spot on each of those lines could be up for debate. Uh, but the mids is probably like we talked about on that, that show last night, um, probably where the most variance will be week to week. So, so in terms of what we're sort of thinking for defenders in terms of the top six, we've got Dawson, Dacos. In the top two spots, Easily. and then followed by Doc and Sicily. Let's pause here on Doc and Sicily because these yep. these are two guys that I know teams will either have trade in. have had just traded in or be looking to trade in, or in my selfish position, picking between choosing between yep. which one. So Doc or Sicily this week? What do you reckon? Sicily is probably the preferred option with the asterisks that if blank is named, it's Sicily easily. Yep. If blank isn't named. I'm still maybe edging Sicily, but I'm more nervous about it just because he's got a very positive matchup, instant reward against St. Kilda. Yep. Um, but I don't love him in that second tall role as much. Um, he was like, he was guarding um, Rewalt a lot at yeah, times yeah, on, the, on the weekend. He was trying to get off him, but um, I think the Saints have more, you know, forwards that can maybe give him a bit of trouble than, than Richmond does in terms of height. Yeah, and uh, I think, I mean, if, if Sicily, if you're the opposition and you can force Sicily to play in that second tall, tall role or even the first tall role, you're, you're making him do that. So when yep. he was trying to sneak off Rewald and get a more favourable matchup against Richmond, like any team worth their salt is going to make sure that Sicily can't do that because he's going to hurt you when he does that. So um, I sort of agree with you there. Uh, I think it's a it's a lay down Mazaire if, if Blank's named. Yeah, um, I think that's an easy easy decision. Um, yeah. Just out of out of curiosity here, um, I've just searched the next round and guess who Carlton has. So um, uh, Hawthorne versus St Kilda this round, and Carlton versus St Kilda the next round. So, so I'm going Sicily this week, back Doc back. next week. <laughs> yeah, you've got the St Kilda matchups. I'll finally get Dunkley maybe the week after. Yeah, so yeah, it's got a it's got there's a couple of uh, good matchups for both those boys. When we start weeks. talking weeks ahead, we know that we're going to cop bullets that'll st- oh, yeah, <laughs> stop the best laid plans. So uh, yeah, look, in most instances, I'm going Sicily ahead of Doc, um, but the the blank. If he's the second tall again, I'm a little bit more pause uh, there and I have to think about it a little bit more. But I think Sicily at this stage. So rounding out the defenders at five and six, we've got Sinclair, Sinclair. there at five, which I think is fair. And yep. then Stewart's at six with, I guess, like the question mark of, of who could sort of dethrone him from six there. Um, guys like Sheasel with a good run. Uh, Luke Ryan, we know, has a ceiling, even though... He, didn't show it in the last couple of weeks. And then Caleb Daniel uh, had a good week this week, but not so the previous week. Do we think Stewart's ahead of Sheasel, Ryan, and Daniel? I would, like, 
Those five, lock and load. Um, Stewart, I am nervous about. I think if you're going to create separation, he's the guy I'd be definitely trying to create the separation you're from. You're not advocating for pods, are you? Um, <laughs> once you have those other five, once you have them there, Stewart, I think I probably would rather have a Luke Ryan, uh, potentially a Sheasel. Sheasel makes me a little bit more nervous than a Luke Ryan, but we say Luke Ryan had a down game. He scored 98. Like He's yeah. got 98 90 in his last two. So in terms of like your D6, that's bloody good. Yeah. And he has the ability to go 140s, which he's done several times this year, which we haven't seen Stewart do. Um, so I prefer Luke Ryan personally. If I was to have a six-person, Stewart's probably the safest one. A lot of us have him there. But if I'm trying to differentiate... Luke Ryan is my personal pick. You could also throw in, like, I think you've got, like, Sheasel and um, potentially even a Caleb Daniel there. Yeah, I don't have either of those guys, um, you know, from anything to do with anything other than just necessity (laughs) on the weeks that I traded them in. But I guess both of those guys give you that DPP for defender flexibility that can be handy uh, when it comes time to trade them out as well. So, What about, about Naziah Wengeny-Miller as a, another name to sort of consider? I, I, I guess you could, him. you could throw again the blanket over those last couple of guys, but um, for me, it, it's probably still Stewart. Still Stewart over him? Yeah. yeah. I, I, so. I, I could see arguments either way, so if you're getting to the point where you could decide between those two, I, I can see that, but yeah, those top five are very strong. For me, now let's what, talk mids. Yeah, what do you what do you think about going to the forwards first, then coming back to the mids? Just given right, that there's going to yeah. be a lot of discussion. So. Reel the people in. Yeah, let, yes. let, let, <laughs> let guess it on the mids. All right, forwards. Let's let's do the forwards then. Who we got? Um, Tim Taranto. Although not, I don't know if he's like locked in at number one oh, from okay. here out. Um, so locked, he's in the top six, but I don't know yeah. if he's number one. Um, Dunkley, number two. Errol Goulden, number three. Rosie, number four. I think those four slam dunk, um, lock them in. Yep. Cogs is probably number five. Um, tough run coming off the Giants. But yeah, I want to talk about that. He's, he's got a... Uh, he's put the numbers in, so I think he is at number five. Number six, I still think Butters is there as well. So I think those six are fairly strong. Um, now you've got a couple names in brackets here. One of them I've already chopped out of my team. Uh, so <laughs> jump off the list too. But uh, the one I, I think that is definitely worth a cons- uh, discussion here is Flanders. Um, Man, he's worth a lot of discussion. I think uh, that'll be the case for pe- for a lot of people this week. Um, it's it's one of those ones where if he's your your only kind of like upgrade you don't feel good about it. But if you can um, generate enough cash by going down to him to take um, someone up to a guy that you you think is locked in on their line, yeah. then, um, which I think is what you're doing pretty much this week. That, those are what my trades are looking like at this stage, yes. Then I think that's like a home run Yeah, play. I feel really good about it. Um, like, I, if you told me that Flanders outscores Cogs the rest of the season, I wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't be shocked. Um, so and is based that a, on what is that a seen, super aggressive play? Like, yeah. Could, um, do you think, like I you think it's I mean? definitely worth like because he's cheap, and if you can do something else with other trade, um, then yeah. Um, would would Cogs be probably the odds-on favorite to outscore Flanders yeah. from here on out? Yes, but like we've seen, Flanders was the number one CBA mid yeah. for the Gold Coast Suns. He's scored one twenty and one ten under the new coach. So that's yeah. all we can go off. He's, I think he's averaging one hundred and fifteen. In the last two weeks, I think coach. Gold Coast have a tough run. But in saying that, um, it's probably no tougher than well, the they Giants. Had exactly, that's what I was going to say. So, um, you know, it, what, what do you make of that? Um, I think he's a great option this week, and I, I'm a little bit dirty to be honest. That in my plans currently, I, I sort of can't find a way Doesn't quite make it make it work to get to him. Um, Just looking yeah. at the run for 
Giants versus Gold Coast. So Giants have uh, Bulldogs, Sydney, Port, who are all on the more difficult side of things, Essendon, and then Carlton, who are also really difficult. So four out of their last five games are tough. Gold Coast Suns have Brisbane this week, which are not too bad. And they've got Adelaide, Sydney, Carlton, which are, again, on the tougher side, and finish with a North Melbourne to the last game of the year. So you'd actually probably tick the... um, you know, the better run over towards Gold Coast, in yep. my opinion, than yep. you would the Giants. Um, probably just because of that North matchup in the last round. But they are probably two of the more tough runs in, in the in the comp mids. We're not going to have any forwards to choose from next year. Or all these guys that we're looking at yeah. are not going to have forward no. status <laughs> next year. Bailey either. Smith. <laughs> um, Bailey F1. Smith, F1. Uh, Am I right in saying none of those guys that we just mentioned? Well, McRae have- will be there. Okay, but we don't want to. Pick we don't. Him. We don't want him. Oh, we probably will pick him. Um, yeah, it'll be just dogs, the forbidden yeah. fruit. It'll Jack be just McRae. the dogs, guys. Um, do we want to talk rucks? I know you haven't got them listed yeah, here. Yeah, but- I, did, I didn't list rucks, but we do really want to talk rucks. So uh, I mean, at the moment, Marshall and English. Marshall English, but we brought it up before. That's gone. That's the thing, and that's that, that's something that um, I don't want to. Uh, create any like panic or anything like that but yeah it will be an interesting little case study to to um see whether that news influences anyone to hold their trades back this week till sunday um, let me give you the run coming up for st kilda for ruckman he's got hawthorne who to borrow the colors from uh carl scale of hardness here is a red team D- did the hawthorne ruckman get suspended or something this oh. week. I was listening to the traders today and I thought, I don't know if I'm misheard. Um, okay, I'm a, I'm a little bit behind in the news there. Um, I thought... Um, let me let me work on that. You, you keep yeah, telling us. Yeah, not 100% sure about that one, but that, run, so. that may change some things. Um, then he's got Carlton, who again, also funnily enough, a red team. Richmond with Nank back. Geelong and then Brisbane. So in terms of runs for Bucks, it's actually a tough one for the Saints. Uh, for Maxi Gore, now he's got Richmond this week, which will be Soldo, North Melbourne, which are one of the easiest matchups for Rucks. Then he's got his hard ones in Carlton and Hawthorne, finishing up with another easy game in Sydney. So you would give the run matchup to Max there, and you'd probably give the run matchup to Max over um, English as well. So look, there is a definitely a world where Max is the highest scoring Ruckman from here to the end of the season. Um. The, the difference is is like the opportunity cost of trading one of those big two to him versus getting an upgrade in another line. Yeah, um, depending on where your team does that, Does that sort of... You know, is there a better move that you could do for your side? Um, but with the Gorn still cheap, 829, you still make about 170,000 going to him if that's enough to get another upgrade. I feel like the way he's going... Might be a way to differentiate, differentiate yourself. The way he's going up this would be the last week where it would generate, I think, enough cash to get you a, a really good upgrade on the other end. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the other thing, you know, you go down that um, that avenue and then Grundy comes in at some point. Uh, you're left you yeah. know, in the same position that you, you were when you, you traded out um, Marshall, you know, because of the risk of um, Tommy Campbell or injury or whatever it is. I think, so, so I think last week was a tough week to do it because... Excuse well, me. You, we're um, telling you we got to get the dice in here. <laughs> Rowan Marshall was uh, very high on the big boys because he had the good matchup against North. So sort of felt dirty doing that. And he obviously came out and scored well versus this week, um, maybe not having it. So Ned Reese has been offered a one-match ban for a dangerous tackle. Okay, so we'll have to keep an eye on that one because that will affect the matchup for 
the Hawthorne and potentially the potential for rest for Royal Marshall yes. as well. Uh, but let's talk about mids. Mids. Let's do it. Okay, so let's go through the ones that we think are probably locked in. Yep. I would say Bont is by far the number one. I think everyone everyone agrees there. Um, I would still have Merritt number two. Yep. Um, just based on what he's done, and I think he has some better matchups moving forward. Um, so I think that that's fine. Rory Laird, assuming he comes back this week. Yeah, some. I think um, it's a fair shout to be the next guy here. Again, I was listening to the traders today, and, and Rory being the. Um, the head honcho over at Team Awesome Source was um, suggesting that the lead injury as it stands is probably more like a three, four-week injury, but depending on where Adelaide consider their season to be, um, whether they you know strap him up and get him out there um, is sort of what we're thinking at the minute. So oh, He's not listed on the injury report, which is just fucking classic. That, that but, whole thing um, is um, but yeah, rubbish. But that, yes. That'll be just to stay tuned. Okay, so we'll have to stay tuned on that one because if he's healthy, I think he does still make it onto this list. Um, Darcy Parrish, I have here at number four. Um, just solid, and I think his run coming up is very, very friendly. Um, Brayshaw, Steele, and Caleb Sarong probably round out the next kind of grouping there. Do you think that that sort of makes sense with those sort of guys? Is there anyone that doesn't belong in that same group or tier? Yeah, I think so. Brayshaw and... and um, I mean, Sarong's been a master of consistency. You're kind of yep. banking on him to be between 100 and 115, I guess, every week. Um, Steele and Brayshaw are the ones that are interesting because Brayshaw is probably seeing a bit of like a leaner patch while Steele is seeing, you know, um, a little bit of a better patch of form. So I think that... Um, you know, they're both going to be sort of around the mark and going to be top eight regardless. Yeah, I mean, you say Lena Patch, he's gone 91, 110, 97, 102, 129 is like his five. standards. So, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, it's not all, all that bad. Um, so, I think that he's definitely still someone to be considered a top eight yep. um, there. And then the eighth spot is where it gets tricky. So, I think we both think that LDU is a potential guy to consider for this spot as a guy who has a good run coming up yeah. and we've seen his ceiling so far this year. Last three um, form and the the uh, like you said, the run is really good. The yeah. other guy, um, I mean, if, if Petrarca moves back into a more predominant midfield role, then for me, he's he should actually be higher up the list um, yeah. given the way he's actually been playing as a forward predominantly. So Yeah, I think Fritch is out for still, I think, basically the rest of the so the regular season. So Likely to um, see Petrarca stay forward. Yeah, I think he, he's going to remain in the role that he is in right now. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I can bank on that change, but if we do see a change, I do agree with you. Yeah. Um, but a few other guys in the mix here, sort of to get your thoughts. So Brad Crouch, who we once thought might have been top eight. Noah Anderson, Tuke Miller of the Gold Coast Suns, and Lockie Neal, who's still going around a lot of teams. How do we sort of view those guys moving forward compared to the top eight? Yeah. How far away are they? Oh, I think I don't think I'm trading into any of those guys. I think over no. the over the last little stretch, Lockie Neal's probably been the best of them. I would agree, um, yeah. But I still don't think... His I'm- run gets better now. Yeah, and I, I mean, regardless, I still don't think I'm trading into any of them when I I can go up into that next bracket with Parrish, Brayshaw, Steele, Sarong, and then even LDU, um, who's still underpriced if, if we think about what he's done in the last three weeks. So yeah. um, it, it's probably more a matter of uh, are you getting off any of those yeah. guys? <laughs> well, I think I think Neil, like you've said, I think Neil's the closest. So I think if you have a few of these guys, he's yep. the last one I'd be probably trading, yep. um, in my opinion, um, especially with the injury to like a Will Ashcroft who... 
I know it's a rookie going out of the side, but it's it's just one of those midfielders that have gone down, so he yeah. might potentially benefit a little bit with some more sort of cheap marks there. Um, so, yeah, I think those Gold Coast guys and maybe a, a Crouch could probably be the ones that if you wanted to move off, you could probably get those guys up to maybe a Parish or, um, you know, a Caleb Sarong or someone like that. You have maybe a bit more confidence in. And I know at, you've, you've used the phrase as a bit of a crapshoot at the moment. I don't think with with these guys, let's say Parish, Brayshaw, Steele, Sarong, LDU, I, I mean, touch wood and barring injury, I don't necessarily think you can go wrong with any of those picks. It is just a little bit of a lottery of like who scores well in their week. So yeah. the thing that you then go into at this stage of the year is you have a look at the draw, don't you? So, yeah, for sure. um, you, you know, it's not the, uh, it's not the be all and end all. It might not be reflective of the points they score, but if you wanting to, um, dot your I's and cross your T's, you know, it, then you're looking at the, you're looking at the draw, um, as a bit of a guide to who you pick. Yeah, for sure. I think that's definitely something we all need to keep an eye on. But I do think that the, the midfield mix is a little bit less certain than obviously those sort of top five and six defenders and forwards. Let's um, let's finish off the podcast today with a bit of questions over from Twitter. So uh, thank you very much, guys, for sending in your questions on Twitter. If you have any further questions throughout the week, uh, drop them in the comments below if you're watching over on YouTube. And remember, don't forget to give that video a big thumbs up. Um, all right, let's have our thoughts. Waza here wants his own personal chopping block here. So um, <laughs> thoughts on who to trade out first, ranking them in order. He's got Will Day, Darcy Cameron, uh, Callum Mills, Noah Anderson. I think we maybe slightly differed on these ones here in terms of maybe the Will Day, yeah, Callum, Mills. Callum Mills. And that was more more to do with the matchup kind of thing. So um, would we say Anderson's the lowest priority to trade uh, out of these guys? Yeah, I think so. I think um, Anderson being the lowest priority. I, I would go in order of trade-outs, I'd, actually, I'd go um, Darcy Cameron as the top, then I'd go Mills, Day, Anderson. So you're trading Cameron out first? Yeah, I think I'd trade Cameron out first. Interesting, interesting. interesting. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I, I tend to agree. The interesting thing will be on terms of what happens with the Ruck situation at Carlton. Did you seem to think that there was an injury or something to one of the, the Carlton Rucks? No. No, it's, no, no, it's all good. They're, they're, so Pitney, yeah, Pitney's there. Play sixty-one percent time on ground. So if he's there, I, I probably would, yeah, get rid of a, a Darcy Cameron first, and then maybe a Mills second. We should put a little disclaimer on on any advice we give at this time of year is that it's it's like you could. This is the thing, luxury trading. I fucking hate luxury trading season. <laughs> it, it is the hardest part of the season. Like I feel like my bread and butter is upgrade season. I feel like that's where I I shine. <laughs> So far, luxury trades, I've, I've, I've fucked it. Let's you be should honest. just keep upgrading and just have a whole bench. Just have a bench, have 24, 25 premiums. Let's, <laughs> let's do that. That's, that seems to be where I shine. But um, yeah, that's probably where I'd go. I think if Carlton are healthy in their ruck stocks, they are a tough matchup. So uh, I think I'd probably agree with you with him being the first one to go. Yeah. Um, next question here. Um, ranking Jackson, Sheasel, and Caleb Daniel as F6 options. And if you haven't considered Adrian already, I don't know if he's already got this person, um, but Flanders, I'll throw him in, in, into mm, the mix mm. here. For uh, me, Flanders is number one if you don't have More him. than Sheasel? Uh, he's cheaper, I guess. So cost. I think so. You know, Sheasel just still makes me nervous. I don't know why. I, I, no, I do know why. It's because he's a rookie and he's... 
potential to move around in terms of his role. Yeah, the positional stuff definitely is scary. If if we were guaranteed that he was going to play that kind of distributing half back with his with the North Melbourne run, I'd probably rank Sheasel on top. But the fact that you save um, so much money getting Flanders in instead, I think I, my personal order would be uh, Flanders, Sheasel. Um, who else do we have in there? Jackson, Caleb, Daniel. I go Daniel then. Oh. See, I don't. Th- this last week's scoring really um, fucks with your head a little bit because yeah. had you asked me this last week, I would have had Jackson a little bit more high because I thought, well, he's going to have the solo ruck mantle. But the fact that he had an easy matchup yeah, against he had Sydney, eighty-eight versus Sydney, that you'd kind want of just, a bit more. Forty-three it, hitouts, so he had half of his score from hitouts. It makes me question it a little bit. Um, I think people who traded into him this week will be nervous. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I think also with Freo just struggling a little bit. Um, Maybe that's lowering his scoring. Obviously, when you're scoring 43 points in hitouts, it means you're not getting much of the ball. Um, one tackle, I'm pretty sure he's a better tackler than that. So, yeah. for this person's question, would you have Sheasel uh, ahead of Caleb Daniel? Or yeah, I probably would. Okay. Yeah, I think Caleb Daniel. We saw him move out of the CBAs a little bit more again. So again, volatility and roll Bevo. Yep. So yeah, I'd probably go Flanders, Sheasel, Jackson. Daniel. Yeah, okay. Um, but those last two, bit of a flip-flop there. Um, do, 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 do. Okay, do we go straight to Gord if Marshall is out? I would say yes. Uh, Neil or Dunks? Neil ownership percentage is uh, lower. What is temp- I don't know if that's correct. I think Dunks' ownership percentage is lower the Neils. Um, than Neil's. I think if that you're looking at the AFL fantasy percentages... Just keep in mind that that's going to take into account a lot of ghost ships. Um, let me yeah. check if that is actually the case because that would very much surprise me. So Neil is owned twenty two percent. Dunkley would have been is forty seven percent, but he was traded up like thirty thousand coaches yeah. when he got injured. So, so every team that owned him and then gave up on this season. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely consider Dunkley the more unique option. He would definitely be the guy I'm going for yeah. over Neil. Um, yeah, would you agree? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, Dunks and Flanders or Steel and LDU or Ooh. Sicily and Flanders. Ooh. Some spicy options Wait, there. Wait, hold on. Dunkley and Flanders. Yeah. Steel and LDU or Sicily and Flanders. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Dunks and Flanders, Steel and LDU, Sicily and Flanders. That's a tough one. Um, are you putting? I guess the question here is: Are you putting all your eggs in the Flanders basket to be a, a top of his line premium? Because if you trade in Steel and LDU, we're both probably of the opinion that those guys are going to be top of their line premiums based on what they're doing at the moment. Correct. So you get two premiums, or you get a premium and then you get a Flanders. And, and do we consider Flanders to be? Yeah, he's he's saying that the the options for trading out are Day and Anderson, so I don't think it changes here. Okay, I think. Because they're not reliant on like you getting rid of a forward, I'd probably go the steel LDU combo. Because I feel like they're the safest and the best, and we still had them as top eight mids, but yeah. they're not guaranteed. Dunkley has a one forty break even this week. So yeah. I know we're not really Sicily dealing too much in break evens, but he's gonna come cheaper. But then yeah, the Sicily against St Kilda, you could miss a one fifty there. Well if if Blank isn't here, I'm ruling Sicily out out of those those okay, guys. those options. Then because LDU's also got West Coast, which is another juicy matchup. Well, in that case, if if Sicily was ruled out because Blank was named, I'd go the the LDU steel thing because uh, I think I'm leaning there regardless. Yeah, because LDU versus West Coast could be 
very good. But maybe this person's toying with a similar thing to what I'm talking Like, I'd love to be bringing in Flanders this week because I think there's a very real chance that he could give it a nudge as a top six forward and he's, he's 680K or something like that. I mean, he'll still be cheap next week if that is the case. Um, like, he will go up and he'll be over 700,000, but in terms of getting in a top six forward, that'll be still very achievable. Having um, a look at his price next week, let's, let's say he's like 730, something like that, and you're, now, and you're wanting to trade a guy like, you know... Will Day down to him or Caleb Daniel down to him, you're really not making that much anymore. You're, you're making like yeah. 100K and that's probably not going to get you the upgrade that you want on the other end to take it to an Uber premium, which which for me is a reason why I sort of, if I miss Flanders this week, I'm almost feeling like I've missed the boat in terms yeah. of viably getting him in. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I can see that for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Personally, of these ones, because the guys are getting it, I'm still stealing LDU, but we'll wait for teams yep. to sort of be concrete in this one. I think this is going to be a very popular one, so I'm going to finish on this question here. Okay. If you can only get one this week, who you get? Who are you getting, Dunkley or Sicily? Who are you getting, either the forward... Or Doherty. Or Sicily. You can throw Doherty in there. For me. Um, for you. <clears throat> who do you think is the priority? Uh, I think... I mean, we're going to say it again, aren't we? Like, if blank, if blank's named or if blank's not named, but Sicily, you've got the potentially really juicy matchup. Um, I know it's not a break-even game at this time of year, but Dunkley, his price is going to be dropping, you know, next week as well. You'd imagine, yes, he goes bananas. Um, you know, which means he's going to be more affordable. I'm probably leaning Sicily, and then I'd grab Dunkley next week if I could. I think this very much depends on who you're trading out. Um, so for me, I'm trading. I'm got this decision. I'm trading in Dunkley, and I'm foregoing a Sicily. But it's because I can't stand to look at Jack McRae and my team anymore. Okay. So, uh, so I'm going. Sounds, sounds like a real logical. Yeah, so emotion I'm, hasn't hasn't I'm got to you there. I'm getting rid of McRae, <laughs> and I'm going in Dunkley. Yeah. Um, versus getting rid of a Will Day and getting in Sicily. Um, so that's sort of my. I think they're going to be quite close. I yep. think they're both going to be top of their line moving forward. You're going to want both. If you think that the guy you're trading out is even, um, then Sicily does have the better matchups. He might score more this week. Um, the person here is also, Williams also asked out DC or Day first. I would be trading out Darcy Cameron ahead of Will Day, which you, I think we said that before yeah. as well. So yep. in that case, it might be DC to Dunkley over a Will Day to Sicily. Yeah, agreed? DC to Dunkley. Yeah, I think so. William. We got you sorted, mate. Don't worry about it. You're, you're on to big things. This and now week. take all the advice we've just given and throw it out. Go listen to a different podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, thank you very much, guys, for tuning in and appreciate all your support this season. It's been a it's been a fun, fun season to. Uh, to you know, are you wrapping the season up? We're done, guys. No, <laughs> I'm just I just want to give a shout out, guys, to everyone who's listened along uh, because yeah, you know, just gonna give thanks and good luck to all those guys still fighting it out for a hat. Not like myself. And uh, if you can, please go over and make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, we would very much appreciate a five-star rating review on Apple Podcast um, to show your thanks. And uh, let us know what you think of the podcast in our inaugural season. And uh, until next time, we'll catch you guys later. Bye.